Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello, and welcome to Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. If you're joining us for the first time, Trail Mix is the short format episodes of our show. While our long format episodes explore one hiking trail in one national park, one park at a time, Trail Mix allows us to dive deeper into things we didn't get to cover in our long format episodes. That's right. And if you're joining us today, then you have stumbled across our last trail mix of season five. Truth. While we've been on our hiatus during the month of August and won't be returning with season six until September 18th, That's right. Mark your calendars. In years past, we've typically produced a hiatus episode in between seasons. That's right. Our past hiatus episodes have been pertinent to the parks, the environment, and social justice, and often are topics that we would love to cover more in depth, but don't have time to get to during our typical season of episodes. And that is absolutely true when it comes to this episode, titled heat exhaustion. Mm. So what's your relationship with the heat and summer in general? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me what's my relationship to heat exhaustion. And I am exhausted. (laughs) I'm exhausted by heat constantly. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. mean, heat is very exhausting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my relationship to heat. Well, I grew up in the heat in Mississippi. I need you to go more Southern with that. Well, I grew up in the heat. I I grew um, up in South Mississippi. Streetcar named Desire. Oh, like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I grew up in the heat. There we go. uh, Down in South Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Right, exactly. I shall never go hungry again. Mm -hmm. Right. I know that I might be quoting Gone with the Wind, but I am impersonating Julia Sugarbaker. Mm -hmm. And that is how we know. There was a lot of Southern reference happening. Uh (laughs) That's how we know I'm straight. Mm -hmm. Yep. So So straight. Because that's what this show is called, mm-hmm. Straits at the National mm-hmm. Parks. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. The heat, yeah, certainly. I grew up in it, and mm-hmm. um, it was m- the majority of the year. Yeah. It was just like shorts and t-shirts. It's very hot. It's very hot outside, like blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I remember when I was starting to become a teenager and starting to have like, and I will say an incredibly basic understanding of wardrobe and clothes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, what not to wear. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Clinton Kelly. I was like, I think I want to wear a pant 
like outside a pant a pant <laughs> exactly this was me at 16 thinking mm-hmm. i knew everything this is where you say what has changed but yeah. um <laughs> but i would always get the like but it's so hot it's so mm-hmm. hot but what are you gonna wear those it's so hot and i'm like i need to make a fashion statement mm-hmm. can i please try and do it mm-hmm. and then i get outside and it'd be super hot mm-hmm. so it is just want to remind you that this is the straightest man on this show talking right now super straight <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so yeah, heat. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did. I like summer now. Mm-hmm. I didn't like summer growing up because I always felt like I couldn't enjoy the summer because I was always... Um, melting? Well, it was a mix of melting and then also just I felt like burdened with a mountain of schoolwork in ah. between during the summer. It's just like, oh, <laughs> and read these 25 books that are super long and some of which are not very good and you have to have them read and you have to have a test on them as soon as you return to school. Oh. Yeah. Reading for me as a young person. We're tangenting. Oh, we're tangenting. Mm-hmm. Now, tangentialing. Mm-hmm. Was the thing that was forced, was the thing that was not fun. So I've rediscovered my fun and my enjoyment for it as an adult. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like in school and going like, I love reading, but I like reading what I choose to read so it was hard for me to enjoy summer because (laughs) i was always like i always associated it with required reading yeah and what about you what is your relationship with the heat and the summer so i grew up by the shore so the beach was like very much so a major part of summertime for me i feel like as i've grown into my adulthood i've learned to enjoy the winter more in some ways than the summer i really enjoy the summer because i like being outside and i love that but i i feel like you get that with the spring and the fall in a little bit more of um temperatures that are regulated i would say or at least a little bit more um on par with what you expect in those seasons and i feel like now more so the summer we're seeing temperatures that aren't that and i don't love that because i don't love to be indoors when it's beautiful in the winter i love to be like you know nesty cozy indoors because it's cold and i can kind of do that but i find that if i had to choose as you said you can only complain about one the heat or the cold i feel like i complain about the heat more than i do the cold I'd prefer the cold because I'm cold-hearted well, and dark-sided. And there, it is. there she is. Mm-hmm. Now, you won't hear me complaining about the heat much, Mm-mm. but I will complain about the cold. It's hard to ignore, but heat was the main story of summer 2023, as July was dubbed the hottest month on record ever recorded for the Earth. Let's let that sink in for just a moment. In the span of recorded human history, we haven't seen a month with a global temperature like this, ever. It is quite literally off the charts. In the Northern Hemisphere, heat waves were felt across the United States, Europe, and China. Records have been smashed and surpassed across the globe. In the United States specifically, in Phoenix, Arizona, this city surpassed its previous record of 23 consecutive days of 110 degree plus temperatures by almost two weeks. It also beat its record of over 90 degree nighttime low temperatures, once a seven-day streak, now bested by nine additional days. Mm -hmm. Miami and South Florida set records as well, with records setting temperatures, as did Kansas and Missouri. Even the northernmost town in America, Utkiavik, Alaska, saw record temperatures, including three days in the mid-70s. Temperatures have only reached the mid-70s here 35 other days since the 1920s. And Utkiavik is above the Arctic Circle, so let that sink in a little too. 
In Europe and Asia, temperatures rushed past previously held records as heat waves held sway across both continents. Rome had its hottest day ever at 109.2 degrees Fahrenheit. The Catalonia region of Spain, parts of Greece and Turkey, and Albania all saw new record highs. In Asia, China set an all-time heat record with 126 degree Fahrenheit temperatures on July 16th, and Japan faced rolling heat waves as well. The Caribbean smashed records just as much as Canada did. We. But while the heat of the Northern Hemisphere this summer is eye-opening, the more sobering information I believe is coming from the Southern Hemisphere, where temperatures have also soared beyond what is typical, especially since it's winter in the Southern Hemisphere. South America and Australia saw temperatures this summer that were 10 to 20 degrees Celsius over what is typical, and not just randomly, sometimes for weeks. 10 to 20 degrees Celsius is about 50 to 68 degrees Fahrenheit warmer than normal. For example, in Buenos Aires, Argentina, the temperature in August is typically 9 to 18 degrees Celsius, about 48 to 64 degrees Fahrenheit. On August 1st, the temperature surpassed 30 degrees Celsius, 86 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's winter. Mm-hmm. Woof. Mm-hmm. So how do we mitigate this for ourselves? Just for ourselves right now. <laughs> Let's use the word cope with all of this information. Well, I could go your route, mm-hmm. which is just to Doom. sort of like come home, turn the lights off, cry, mm-hmm. scream, mm-hmm. do your rituals. Mm-hmm. I think you forgot the blood sacrifice. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, what is terrible is that the first solution that people go to is like stay indoors in a an air conditioned place, which mm-hmm. is like requires a ton of energy yep. to power an air conditioner. Mm-hmm. But as we get into a world where we probably sooner than later have to be like extremely specific about where energy is used air conditioning is gonna be like a huge thing that we're gonna need to use energy for so it's like no we have to use energy less for cars and less on other things so that we can use it for air conditioning you know what i mean like right not that we're rationing energy yet but it's it's not long before that becomes you know a reality. Well, I think depending on the path, depending uh, humanity on the path, chooses. Right. Fossil right. fuels certainly right. can't do that. No. Right. No. But yes. Yeah. Uh, they are installing solar panels all around my city right now, which is great. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see that. Yeah. I mean, I just think about that meme. This is the coldest summer of the rest of your life. Oh, no. It's, yeah. It says like, this is the hottest summer of the rest of my life. And then someone says, you mean the coldest summer of the right. rest of your right. life. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that anxiety that yeah. just piles on for sure. So who's anxious? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. Right. So what's the root cause of all of this? Well, despite what Republicans and lobbyists for oil would like you to think, the burning of fossil fuels, which has led to human-made climate change. While the climate does ebb and flow over time, as there is geological and fossil records to show this, the exacerbated climate change that we are seeing is the result of an inability to steer the ship away from the unavoidable iceberg dead ahead. And while this doesn't fix anything, it at least gives us a root cause and a way to, quote, stop the bleeding that we sure are adopting at a very rapid pace. Right. Human-made climate change has allowed for the extremes we are seeing to become more commonplace. And part of that has to do with what's going on with the oceans of the world. The oceans have absorbed 90% of heat generated by emissions, acting as the world's largest carbon sink. You might remember a few years ago as the Amazon rainforest was being rapidly 
rapidly deforested, that there was a lot of speculation that this gigantic carbon sink on land could start becoming a carbon source. The same is true of the ocean, as this natural filter for carbon has its limits as well. Along with the ocean warming and becoming more acidified, already leading to a host of issues like marine life dying off and melting ice caps, the ocean will become less effective at absorbing carbon and can even release it back into the environment, causing more of a rapid warming. Whee! Okay, just so you know, everybody, Mike wrote this episode. Are we shocked? (laughs) Are we shocked? Mm -hmm. Not that I'm not capable of darkness, too. Mm -hmm. But um, if you couldn't tell by the doom and gloom coming through your uh, speakers right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Uh I'm just as anxious and doom-filled as the next panicky millennial. So Uh that's all I have to say about that. It's true. That aside, why is the warming ocean driving surface temperatures across the globe? Well, if you haven't heard the term heat dome a lot this summer, you're about to. To better understand heat domes, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration or NOAA has the scoop. Quote, the main cause was a strong change or gradient in ocean temperatures from west to east in the tropical Pacific Ocean during the preceding winter. Imagine a swimming pool where the heater is turned on. Temperatures rise quickly in the areas surrounding the heater jets, while the rest of the pool takes longer to warm up. If one thinks of the Pacific as a very large pool, the Western Pacific's temperatures have risen over the past few decades as compared to the Eastern Pacific, creating a strong temperature gradient, or pressure differences that drive wind across the entire ocean in winter, in a process known as convection. The gradient causes more warm air heated by the ocean surface to rise over the Western Pacific, and decreases convection over the Central and Eastern Pacific. As prevailing winds move the hot air east, the northern shifts of the jet stream trap the air and move it towards land where it sinks, resulting in heat waves, end quote. And then there's the El Nino and La Nina cycle of it all. As of this year, 2023, we have started into an El Nino cycle with an 84% chance of a moderate El Nino and a 56% chance of a strong one. El Nino and La Nina essentially are weather patterns in the Pacific Ocean, which are driven by the winds and ocean temperature. El Ninos tend to last about a year, while La Ninas last longer, with some transitory or neutral years in between. While there isn't a strong established link as of yet between human-made climate change and how these weather patterns are activated, because there isn't enough recorded data to suggest a strong pattern as of yet, the one thing that is known is that during El Nino cycles, the ocean is less adept at absorbing heat like it does during La Nina cycles. May I say, as someone who grew up in South Mississippi (laughs) with hurricanes right and left, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, living in South Mississippi is like right in the dead center of hurricane zone, right? I knew as a child that an El Nino year meant less hurricanes this year Mm -hmm. and a La Nina year meant more hurricanes. Oh, interesting. So I've always had that association. And that's because hurricanes happen more with warmer water. Yep, exactly. Well, they're powered by warm water. So yeah, yeah. Despite the lack of link between human-made climate change and the El Nino-La Nina cycle, what is proven is that as temperatures soar, there is a greater risk for wildfires, drought, and lack of rain where it is needed. The last major El Nino was from 2014 to 2016. And prior to this year, 2023, 2016 was one of the hottest years on record. 
So let's take a bow of the ocean. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, this was information that was somewhat new to me. So yeah, I think yeah. when it comes to the climate and climate change, I don't think people realize how much work the ocean is actually doing. To Ocean's doing a lot of work. Mitigate the way the climate is. It's wild to think about, you know, the ocean is like 70% of the planet or water is 70% oh, yeah. of the planet. Oh, so yeah. like just thinking about that and just thinking about how much we as tiny people have royally screwed the, the environment and the ocean is having trouble. You know what I mean? Oh, Over multiple years. I also think it's it's wild to me that like everything when it comes to climate change and when it comes to the way that we're seeing extreme weather, there is data to back up like everything. There's obviously a period of history, human history, where information like this wasn't recorded or wasn't recorded as in-depth because the instruments weren't available or because the science wasn't as well understood. But we have over 100 years of data to suggest this. Plus, we have the fossil record and geological record and every other sort of scientific instrument at our disposal right now to show that what we're experiencing has not been experienced in eons on this planet and people are still like no this isn't happening it's wild it's it's wild it's wild yeah and obviously we're getting better and better at not only recording data but also understanding data also knowing what kind of data to look for also understanding what kind of um data that's being collected and what that means in relation to other things i'm sure there's like a ton of data that's been recorded before that we can now better understand Mm -hmm. because of what we know and have discovered now yeah but yeah the ocean is pulling its weight. Uh, more than pulling more its weight. More than pulling its weight. Herculean and, here. Yeah. And um, at one point, the boulder is going to roll back down the mountain. The fact is that we are indeed in uncharted territory when it comes to the climate of the Earth. While in eons past, temperatures like this may have existed, the world was a very different place without people who can only adapt to the heat so well. And we're not talking about putting in central air or spending more time in the pool, lake, or the ocean. We're talking about how our bodies adapt. While this trail mix was a scratch-the-surface exploration of what is happening regarding the temperatures we've been seeing this summer and in parts of the world this winter, the title heat exhaustion also has to do with how your body deals with the heat, what to do about it, and how to keep yourself safe. While we can't wave a magic wand and fix the climate, although I think most of us would like to, the onus of this change falls to us. We have effed around, and now we are finding out what the effect is. Part of that finding out is figuring out how to live in our current world while working toward a better one. As people who enjoy the outdoors and the national parks, part of being outside and hiking, especially in the summer, means being smart about how we hike. So what are some things that we do to avoid the heat or to prepare for hot days when we're outside? Well, I mean, I did. I have been reading all about like you can actually like condition your body to adapt to heat a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Part of that is exposing your body to heat. More regularly. More regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as practices that we put in place, obviously, I know that people talk about water all the time, right? Having enough water, 
whatnot. And yes, that's very important. Also, replenishing electrolytes, something that we're doing all the time, mm-hmm. right? Liquid IV is not a sponsor, but we do use it all the time yep. as a way to just like replenish electrolytes. Mm-hmm. But that can be done in so many ways yeah. with a lot of different products. But because you will, like on a day where you, it's very hot and you're drinking a lot of water, you can flush out your system and get very ill very yeah. quickly yeah. if you don't replenish your electrolytes. That's very, very important. Mm-hmm. Fabric that we can get wet to put around heads. Mm-hmm. That's something that we do. Um, Hiking early and often. That's probably the best practice mm-hmm. that we have in place. Being done before the heat of the day. Oh, with yeah. The hike. Yeah. There are sometimes, I mean, I'm just thinking about like our last trip to Olympic, which mm-hmm. weather was kind of perfect. There, yeah. Right. But there were the majority of the time, like we were done with whatever our giant hike was before 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then we would like tack on other things mm-hmm. on, you know, maybe a midday thing yeah. or an early afternoon thing. But it's rare that we're hiking anytime after 3 p.m. Yeah, Usually yeah. we're done by then. Yeah. Which like 12 to 3 is like high heat time. Yeah. But um, usually we're taking it easy during the 12 to 3 hours. Yeah. And front loading all of our hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a, an important thing to put in place. Yeah, absolutely. Also knowing your limits. Yeah. Extreme heat is nothing to fool around with, especially because at its most severe, heat can kill. While there are certain subsets of the population, like the elderly, young people, pregnant women, and people with chronic illness, that need a heightened sense of caution with the heat, those who work outdoors, athletes, and the unhoused are also at greater risk due to their outdoor exposure. If heat-related illness was a gauge, muscle cramping and heat rash would be the lowest section. If you are outdoors and don't drink enough water or have a salt imbalance in your diet, you may experience cramping, and if your pores become clogged, you may experience a heat rash. The next Next step up from there is heat exhaustion. Symptoms of heat exhaustion include heavy sweating, weakness or tiredness, cool, pale, clammy skin, fast, weak pulse, muscle cramps, dizziness, nausea, or vomiting, headache, fainting. Moving a person to a cool environment, loosening their clothes, and applying cool cloths can help to mitigate these factors. More severe than heat exhaustion is heat stroke. Heat stroke can damage your brain, heart, and kidneys. Symptoms of heat stroke include throbbing headaches, confusion, nausea, dizziness, body temperatures above 103 degrees Fahrenheit, hot, red, dry, or damp skin, rapid and strong pulse, fainting, loss of consciousness. While you should seek medical attention if cramping lasts longer than an hour for heat cramps, or symptoms last longer than an hour, or the person vomits for someone experiencing heat exhaustion, if you believe someone to be suffering heat stroke, you need to call 911 immediately, as heat stroke can be fatal. Moving a person to a cool room or reducing body temperature with a bath or cool cloths are ways that you can help mitigate the crisis while emergency help is on the way. So... Do you want to talk a little bit about your experience with heat-related illness? Sure. Because I do think it's... Um, I do think we did a lot of the right things here. We totally did a right, lot of the right without things. Without necessarily knowing... What was happening. What was happening or True. what to actually... How to mitigate. Yeah. Neither one of us had ever had like a... Um, on the trail. Um, an on the trail heat exhaustion moment. Mm-mm. But I did when we were in Theodore Roosevelt National Park. Yeah. We were on the North Achenbach Trail. And we were making our way across a very exposed canyon. We had been hiking all day that day. We'd hiked a full day the day before. Mm-hmm. We had driven 11 hours the day before that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, we were making our way across this canyon. And it just was so hot. Like, it just felt like I was suddenly, like, covered in sweat. And I just... I, it's funny. I don't remember a lot of it other than, like... I remember I just was, like... 
I have to stop right now. I don't know if I even said I think I'm overheated or I think I'm over. I don't know if I said that. I don't remember. Yeah. But I do remember that you were like, we need to cover your head in water right now. So we did that. Mm -hmm. You like took your bladder out and like poured it over my head Mm -hmm. and that helped a lot. And then like we took my um, bandana or Uh buff and like made it wet and put it over my head. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, okay, great. We have to turn around and we have to go back. Yeah. Luckily, that was the whole moment. Yeah. Uh, But we stopped a lot more on the way back. We We took more breaks. We found the shade where we could, even though it was very exposed. Right. It was the first time that I feel like I was ever on a trail and... We have our medical bag with us, our little first aid kit. And like, it was the first time where we had, either of us had really experienced any sort of like medical issue on a trail. Sure. So it definitely was, it gave us both some pause to kind of think about, you know, how to proceed in the future um, and how to most safely get ourselves back to where we needed to get back to. There was no vomiting. There was no... I would also say there was no dizziness. Right. There was it, there was a little bit of disorientation. Right. Meaning like, I mean, I guess maybe like the start of dizziness, but yeah. like it wasn't severe at all. Yeah. I think you were definitely One out of into 10. exhaustion for sure. Oh, it was heat yeah. exhaustion yeah. for sure. Yeah. But we handled it well. And yeah. then, you know, we went back and I think we went to Medora and got ice cream or something. Got to do something. We got to do yourself. something to treat <laughs> ourselves. Yeah. Heat-related illness can be severe and can lead to serious medical issues or even death. As we face an ever-warming climate, along with working towards solutions and a better future, we have to work to keep ourselves safe. Whether you're on the trail, working in the backyard, or simply walking two city blocks to get lunch, the reality is our bodies are only built for so much when it comes to temperature extremes. While there is doom present wherever Mike is... especially if you talk to Mike, there are reasons to be hopeful about the state of the world in regards to climate. Rather than leave this episode on a dour note, dour notes, that's what you would call your stationery. Mm -hmm. Dour notes. Mm -hmm. In August of 2023, a coalition of Montana youth ranging in age from 5 to 22 won a lawsuit in their state in which the plaintiffs sued that the Montana Environmental Policy Act violated their rights to a clean and healthful environment by promoting the use of fossil fuels. This ruling, the first of its kind, has massive ramifications for the nation and is the work of people, children, and young adults striving toward a better future. The sources for today's episodes include the National Weather Service, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the Centers for Disease Control, the article on unitednations.org titled, How is Climate Change Impacting the World's Ocean? The Guardian article, El Nino, How the Weather Event is Affecting Global Heating in 2023. And the Monthly Review online article, Southern Hemisphere Sees Unprecedented Summer-Like Winter. And now, let's end this episode with a quick game. Okay, Mike, are you ready for a game? I am. It's our f- last game of the season. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the that. first game of the season. Because we not. just recorded our first episode of season six. That's right. So we're a little uh, turned around here. We are a little bit, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Yep. Are you ready for this game? Yes. Okay, this game, this category of Jeopardy-style trivia is called the Heat Index. Great. And this is about heat and things related to heat in pop culture. Okay, great. And there are seven. Great. Okay, are we ready? Mm-hmm. All right. For 100. This song by Katy Perry from her debut album was especially catchy and was a song about multiple truths happening at once, including your yes, then your no, your in, then your out, your up, then your down. 
What is hot? And cold? That is correct. Okay, great. I actually didn't know the title of that. <laughs> I had to think about it. Yeah, 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 Boy Meets Girl, Boy Falls in Love, Girl Doesn't, and starred the iconic pairing of Zoe Deschanel and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. What is 500 Days of Summer? That's right. Mm-hmm. Talk about a movie with a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we're talking, I mean, thank you, Barbie, for mm-hmm. bringing us, like, I mean, we haven't even talked about that on the show. No. Did we see that movie? Girl, y'all know we did. Mm-hmm. Did we see it together? Girl, you yeah. know we did. Mm-hmm. Did we both wear pink? Derivatives. Derivatives, we yeah. did. Mm-hmm. We wore things in the, the realm, the family, spectrum. the spectrum of pink. I think I did. I saw it twice. We saw it the day it came out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, But yes, talk about movies with great soundtracks. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that's coming back around because mm-hmm. I feel like the movie soundtrack has sort of fallen off. It's true. Okay, 300, The Heat Index. Speaking of pairings, this iconic duo of Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy appeared in this Paul Feig buddy comedy about an FBI agent paired with a Boston cop to take down a drug lord. Oh, it sounds like you did not see this movie. It's a great movie. It's either like hot something or something heat <laughs> is the title. Think simple. Hot heat. Think, no, no, no. <laughs> Think the second mark, the word. Heat? Heat of the night. No. <laughs> no. What is the heat? The heat. The heat. Okay. Correct. I'm not giving that to you. No, I don't. I don't deserve it. Okay. Uh, you deserve many things, yeah. but not that. But not that. Okay, great. For 400, the very dreamy David Corrin sweat. Um, the entire clue is based upon the fact that like the second part of his last name is Sweat. Okay. Got it? Yeah. So the very dreamy David Corrin Sweat soon will play the upcoming Superman in the new films following the portrayal of Henry Cavill. Because Henry Cavill is no more a no. Superman. It's now David Corrin Sweat. However, David Corrin Sweat burst onto the scene in two Ryan Murphy projects. One starring Ben Platt, the other starring an ensemble of theater actors about navigating the movie industry. You only have to name one, but can you name both? So, uh, one was Hollywood. That's right. And then, what did he do with Ben Platt? Ben Platt, and then in the second season, it also had... Oh, what is the politician? That's right. I still haven't watched the second season. I haven't watched any of it. Yeah, The first season was... Like most Ryan Murphy projects, <laughs> started very strong, great characters, great dialogue, and then didn't know how to land mm-hmm. the plane. Judith Light is in the second Judith season. Light and Bette Midler. Mm-hmm. For 500, we could call this hit sitcom Betty White's follow-up to The Golden Girls. It also starred Jane Leaves, Wendy Malick, and Valerie Bertinelli, and synonymously could be known as Sweating in This Ohio City. What is hot in Cleveland? That's right. Mm-hmm. For 600... This John Cusack, Craig Robinson film about a group of friends who end up in a wild situation at a ski resort could have been titled Jacuzzi That Acts as a Portal. What is Hot Tub Time Machine? That's right. Mm -hmm. And for 500. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You have a problem with the science of Hot Tub Time Machine? (laughs) (laughs) What is that from? It's from 30 Rock. Okay, yeah. That's right. Yes, you don't just get in a hot tub and it's automatically warm. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And for 700. This reality show puts a lot of beautiful people in a remote location, 
fabricates scenes between them and tells them that they have a pot of $100,000 that can be won, but the only rule is that they can have no intimate contact with each other at all or the bank of money decreases. This was something we, we watched, watched with Alex. Our friend Alex. Ooh, oh. it's not Love Island. It's, it's like... It's not um, Love Island. It's... Um, I will give you this. The word hot is in the title. Yeah. Uh, this is because I don't subscribe to trash reality TV. And it's mm. like... it's like Oh, he came... Y'all, he yeah, just threw I a did. punch right there. I did. It was a big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I forget. What is too hot to too handle? Too hot to handle. Yeah. And I wanted it to be like watching it, Hot though. Island or something like Hot that. Island would be a better <laughs> idea, right? It would be a better title. Yeah. This has been Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. And to find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our website, gaze at the National Parks.com. That's Gaze, G A Z. All original artwork featured on Instagram, on the website, and in our gay shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman and Mariella Klinger, with Sean Sklios on guitar. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode, that we are on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Ocean County, New Jersey.